potential humor. Do you know what this is? Is that a beer? It's my first sip of booze in January 2020. For the new year. Yeah. Wait, is it first sip for today or since January 1st? (laughs) It's one o'clock. January 1st. God willing. Uh, Because it's the new year. So happy new year, everybody. Uh, This is usually where I say uh, phones down, microphones up, cocktails and questions. Happy New Year's 2020. Uh, And we're back in the Garden Grove, Austin, Texas. Mr. Gaddis, Mr. Lanyon, sound engineer, Austin. And uh, what beginning of would it be of a year if we didn't talk about predictions? So last episode, we talked a little bit about uh, a year in review, made some slight predictions. This one's going to be a quick uh, high and tight 20 minutes <laughs> all about what's going to happen in 2020. I know you guys have been working on some predictions. Who wants to go first? What Brought are we to you by next? Woke Jeans. Remember that? 300 Jeans. Be yes. woke. That was awesome. <laughs> Copyright. Ben Gaddis. <laughs> I worked on that over the holiday. Who wants to go first? Can we go first? Yeah, yeah man, go first. first. So uh, we got? talked, uh, I think, thinking back to the last one, I was really worried about deep fakes. And I don't think my pessimistic view has left me. Um, when I thought real hard and long about 2020, um, first thing I did was go to the internet because I wanted to look at some other predictions. That my favorite was um, a CNN article talked about all the crazy predictions for 2020 that never happened. There was a 1964 Rand Corporation report that uh, predicted we would have time travel um, and be dining with extraterrestrials by now. There was a <laughs> one from the, the American Meatpacking Institute in 1934 that saw 2020 yeah. um, with nothing but vegetarians, and it was a dismal future. Um, but, uh, I'll be honest with you for, for next year, I, I saw three things. Um, one, and I personally experienced this over the holidays, streaming fatigue. And I think it's going to come on faster than anybody expects. And I think Disney plus may be seen as the tipping point. Um, I don't know if you guys remember or not, but I actually, we, in a prior episode, we talked about, would there be consolidation in the streaming marketplace? And Mm -hmm. I made the unpopular call of saying Disney plus would be one that would actually struggle, even though everybody thought it was going to take off like a rocket ship. Um, I do believe I stand by that. Um, there's not a lot, but you were wrong, but I mean, well, the Mandalorian is over. Right, That's I was just talking about baby. I don't think we know yet. What too, else too is early. there? No, no, but it, 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 fit, it concluded the series. Can they? Cr- no, no, no. Can Disney Plus cross the chasm now that Mandalorian's? That's over? correct. Or are they going to coast on all their prior content on the yeah. meme content? But I do believe that people will start to feel a sense of fatigue trying to surf through all of this shitty content totally. to find the next flea bag, which was, by the way, flicking fantastic. Um, that was that was one. So do you see a winner? Um, I, I th- actually, oddly enough, I think Amazon's really well positioned. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the fact that they are embedded as part of another service gives them a real leg up uh, in addition to the fact that they've shown that they can like knock home runs out of the park. Do you think that Disney Plus made a fatal flaw of of publishing without enough content in the pipe? I think they, they got into it so late in the game they just felt like they had to I think they, I think they had up. to. And I think they'll... they'll I mean, with all the Marvel stuff, like they, they'll catch up. Ultimately, roll some other properties, uh, ESPN, sports like that. Yeah, I mean, and they're crushing it right now. Yeah, they're just killing it. I mean, yeah. So, uh, I mean, they had you know they had the forty percent of all box office revenue was Disney movies last yeah. year. Yeah, that's a so incredible thing. I think they'll they'll continue to do. That. I mean, if you look at CES, like that's the big stuff coming out. It's all about streaming. Yep. Mm-hmm. Quibi mm-hmm. launched, which. I talked about today on LinkedIn. Which I gave I it a thumb. There's no yeah. LinkedIn thumbs down. I wouldn't. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about it real quick. It's, it's not out yet. It comes out April 6th or something. What do yep. you, what, what's your take on Jeffrey so, Katzenberg, yep. um, Quibi, which is Quick Bites. Yep. $1.4 billion. Yeah. And uh, they've signed up a ton of content creators. But the way that it works is it is um, at maximum 10 minute increments of shows. And 
and I think I can't oh, wait, remember. Hold on, real quick. Of a two-hour Hollywood-style cinema release released in ten-minute increments. It could, is it the could be that, time, yeah. or it could be a thirty-minute show, or it could be. But no more you know, than ten minutes. Yeah, I think what they're trying to do is break that mold of. It's not really. It's not that it's a two-hour movie. It's that you're getting these ten-minute increments, and it could be a hundred ten-minute increments. Or it could be so three. It's like the Twitter of yeah. streaming content, but, but you can bit, only yeah. watch one a day. So you have to wait to the next thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so there's this kind of like building up demand. There's this, uh, it's the candy crush type, you know, piece. And, uh, but it's five bucks for, uh, ad supported. I think a 10 without. It sounds awfully contrived. It's, it's going to be hard, man, but I don't know. I think it's interesting that they've got this deal where, uh, they, they shoot everything in both portrait and landscape mode. So you can flip your phone back and forth. I don't know why that's cool. Yeah. (laughs) Turn style. Why is that good? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't quite tell yet. Um, at least the onus on the directors to shoot twice as much. Yeah, but they talk about it as as if it's some algorithm that can handle it. But everything I've seen is one. The files are going to be thirty percent bigger. You can compete with a limited format like that in a saturated market that is already draining a lot of but, money. But your prediction was that people are going to be overwhelmed. They're going to be fatigued. They're going right. to be like there's fatigued. So much but I mean, crappy. what if you said there's three shows. I mean, my favorite part of Uber Eats was when they started and there was only three restaurants and, that's what and they had three dishes. And so you could choose that. And these drivers were driving around. They had all the dishes in the back of their trunk. You'd push a button and it'd be there in one minute. But you only had nine things to choose from. I think with Quibi, the only way I see it being successful is if they've got this limited, high-quality deal, but it's 10-minute increments. Well, they, they said that that's what they're going to do yeah. to, a, to a point to where... They don't want to do what Netflix does, which I, which is I think is one of the main drivers that James is talking about with fatigue, which is it's this endless menu that I don't yeah. know what's behind the next click. And what uh, Quibi, from what I know about it, essentially they're going to drop you in straight in, just like Instagram does, just like TikTok does, and you yep. get going. Yep. Um, and uh, Katzenberg came out and he said, you know, these, these people are spending a hundred dollars a minute. We're spending a hundred thousand dollars a minute. To your point about quality, if you're paying yeah. Steven Spielberg versus some influence, like I. I, I tried to figure out why it would work because I feel like everybody wants it except for the user, yep. which is some of the stuff <laughs> I was looking at. But So I was curious about the average commute time in major metro areas in the United States, and yeah. it's 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. So if you go out, that's one, that's two and a half shows per average commute once the autonomous vehicle comes around. Yep. Maybe they're getting ready for something that we're not thinking about. I, this one, I'm out on that one. Yeah. So in the meantime, we'll just put it in New York taxis. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah. <laughs> or gas pumps. <laughs> so number two, I'm glad I could get that off to a rolling start. Also, I like the woodwork idea that you came up with just a minute. I know you didn't mean that, but I'm going to come up with a woodworking channel. Yeah. Because you yeah. said woodwork. Go for it. Two, 5G letdown. Um, 5G is rolling hard at CES right now, but a lot of the analyst coverage is talking about T-Mobile, Sprint, a merger, AT&T, Verizon, what they're going to do. Everybody's talking about what 5G can do. You apparently have to be within 80 feet of the cell tower in order to reap that um, because of the narrow band f- functions. And I think people are going to be really disappointed. In, in, in a field. Exactly. Like in Kansas. With nobody <laughs> else attached to it I read this uh, article about uh, in Korea, there's actually pretty decent penetration of South Korea, probably not North Korea, yeah. but in South <laughs> Korea, there's decent uh, 5G penetration. And there was this uh, this guy and his review was just... Don't do 5G. Like he was a consumer. He was just, he, and it was like the saddest thing because they've, <laughs> they, they've talked about how great it is, but he he has his commute on the train and on the train he can't stream but anything. But you remember like, like when, he, when, for 
five seconds, he gets something really fast, and then it cuts out. But you remember so when 4G like, went go to back 5G, to 4G. Oh, sorry, 3G went to 4G, and then 4G went to 4G LTE, and they're always supposed to be these huge leaps in capacity, but... In reality, the mobile experience isn't any different at all. Like the websites got bulkier, started people starting streaming video, the code got clunkier, and as a result, I mean, I imagine whatever 5G does afford us, people will probably. So you're calling 5G disappointment. I think 5G is going to kind of hit like the the disappointment cycle. Um, And then finally, we will see a big tech breakup move, but it won't be Facebook, and there will be a conspiracy theory that Trump interceded on Mark Zuckerberg's behalf because he doesn't limit political advertising on who is it going to be uh i have a feeling it will be amazon i think amazon mm. and jeff bezos is an easy target in a mm. election year um for a move from the justice department and i think um that's probably something we'll see probably in the second half of the year as we get closer to the polls do you think they'll spin aws beforehand i think you know that's a great question i don't know yeah you're seeing the limit of my forecasting abilities right now um and then finally and this is this is kind of out on a ledge and i now only get three but um, I talked to Marion Williamson, the Psychic Friends Network. She's no okay. longer in the presidential race. Yeah. Um, I believe with with a lot of vigor that a member of the royal family will decide to break <laughs> off and start a fashion blog. So I uh, hold my feet to the fire on that one. I've, I I got a my spider sense tingling, and and so that that that's one I really feel strongly about. I will turn the mic over to you now. All right, I got uh, those are good, I, and especially. The, so the I don't know which one, blog. I, but you know, yeah, okay. some blog of some sort. All right, could be military fashion blog, <laughs> could be a goop. All right, I got uh, I got a couple. So um, my first one is more of like a trend that I think we're going to see, but it's this idea that there's been so much competition, and um, these big tech companies are competing against each other for everything, and it's actually leading to worse customer experiences. So you've got an Alexa, you've got a Google Home, mm-hmm. you've got your Apple TV Plus, and none of this stuff actually works together. And at the end of the day, consumers, if they're overwhelmed by streaming, they're overwhelmed by how many different accounts they have. Mm-hmm. So I think in 2020, we're going to see collaboration being the new competition. Mm-hmm. And I think the first move that we saw is Apple, Google, Amazon. They're coming together to create more of a smart home operating system. So you don't have to have Z-Wave. You don't have to have all of these different um protocols it's called for Trump. yeah right <laughs> which is terrible this is the worst. but but i think it's it's the um first of a trend that we're going to see you know you th- see folks like delta and uh, lyft partnering together to get you a ride and uh from the airport and you get miles uh for you know delta sky miles Who's for miles? Oh, Delta Sky Miles for uh, for using Lyft. I think Uber's got a partnership as well. But I think that people are going to start to realize that com- that the market is growing, and if they collaborate, there's a, a bigger opportunity. So I think that's the first one. Second one, I made this prediction, um, and I got a lot of heat on LinkedIn for this, but uh, I think that the food delivery market is so oversaturated that we are going to see a uh, a huge consolidation this year. So I predicted, and this was, I hope it happens soon. One might I think say it was overdone. Uh, <laughs> that, that was terrible. Uh, I predicted this, I, I want to say it was like six months ago. I said within the next 18 months, we will see 
a massive consolidation in the food market, meaning one of the top four players gets bought by the other or goes out of business. Um, this year we saw that DoorDash bought Caviar, um, some other consolidations outside of the U.S. Um, and today you saw that uh, th- there's, a, there's a lot of rumors around um, who might be on, uh, on the market Grubhub potentially. Uh, so I think that oh, yeah, there's going to be a, a massive consolidation. I mean, DoorDash Another, lost $450 million last year. Postmates lost $75 million, and that's just that's on some sort of bullshit tax adjusted. It's got to be more than that. But um, for every dollar that um, Uber Eats brings in, they lose a dollar. I love actually seeing Uber try to replicate the Amazon cash burning cycle. Like it's it's actually kind of crazy. Like Jeff Bezos sent out a letter saying we are going to spend every nickel we get and then some. So expect that. And Uber's like, oh, we've got to send out yeah, the letter. Yeah, us too. Us too. Yeah. Us too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. But you know, this is one where I actually think it is a zero sum game. Like they're they are just competing for market share, and the market will continue to grow. But with the economies of scale that actually don't really exist until you get to like some sort of autonomous cars, which is or what they're waiting for, robots, right? And that's I just believe that these folks are going to bleed as much money all as possible. All scale does is expose the badness of your business it, it, model, and that's, that's all. It and does. that is exactly what's happening in this space. So I think this is one to watch. Going to be really interesting. Mm. Last one. Don't mean to interrupt. I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but there was an article in LA. Well, I don't people said don't mean to interrupt. No, but like, no, it's this timely. It's timely, <laughs> and I think it encapsulates everything you're talking about. There was an Uber Eats delivery driver. They got caught on a ring cam stealing a package off the porch. Oh, yeah, yeah, So, yeah. like, he dropped off the Uber Eats. And <laughs> on his way out, he stole the Amazon they, box. They call that, that perfectly described yeah. the modern condition. They call that the, the old one for me, one for you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, like, that was caught by a, a ring cam, too. That was the best part. Which is so, a whole other... Yeah. That's oh, oh, yeah, they've got it. It's like itself. the triangle of modern yeah. convenience dysfunction. Well, that's actually one of the trends I'll touch on here in a minute, but I think you got some other thoughts. Yeah, I got one last one. Um, and this is the one last year that I got the most heat on. Uh, was my prediction that by 2025, 2028, um, you know, depending on what happens, that um, 80% of car dealerships will not exist as we know them today. I think you mostly got heat from car dealers on that one. Uh, it was all car dealers. I, I mean, car I was, dealers I jumped in hate on that me. one, and I got hammered pretty good. I, I got like 10,000 comments or something like that. You're in a that. database somewhere. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah car. the car dealers do not like, love me. No you're suburban yeah, that you Peoria right so now, I'm not popular. But... My my take is there's going to be two things that happen. One, um, folks like Carvana uh, or you know some of the bigger companies are going to go out and they're going to use technology to change the way the cars are bought. They're going to consolidate these lots, and so while there may be still lots of lots, they're going to be owned by a lot less people. So these independent car dealers are really going to struggle on the technology side, or autonomous cars by 2028 if things actually take off are going to remove the need for people to buy cars and they're going to be much more of a lift and an uber model so my prediction is that this year uh, so last year well 2018 is the last numbers we can get the first decline in car dealers uh, is only 0.3 percent but the first time since 2013 that car dealers okay. actually did not grow, mm-hmm. I think this year that that's going to be uh, that's going to be a bigger number, mm-hmm. probably going to be in the like two percent range, and then we're going to start to see that cliff coming a lot faster. What than do car think. dealers and dairy farmers have in common? 
You tell me. Federal support and subsidy. Yeah. Oh, and if you yeah. guys saw, like the, the the milk market's falling apart because the dairy subsidy's gone. The only reason top car two, dealerships top exist, two manufacturers or producers of milk are gone. The only reason Bankrupt. that that yep. car dealerships exist is because of state law and and state by state basis yep. and a very aggressive That's lobbying it. firm there. But f- for that goes the model. It's just it it's 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 propped up. And that's why I think that there will be a uh, slow decline and then a something like that happens. I mean, Tesla's gotten around this, and then you start to see a cliff. Yep. And uh, speaking of, you see the um, Tesla's current valuation, or, or I'm sorry, uh, current stock price? Over four fifty, right? <clears throat> yeah, but they're now more valuable than the top two other auto manufacturers yeah. combined stock price, right? One of, my, one of my predictions of 2020 is they're going to hit 550 Okay. I believe. 550. Wow. 550. I'm going to Robin Hood right now. I'm going to buy some Tesla. Go for it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. It goes down. I'm going to be You were going to say something? No, that's, I mean, and what did Elon Musk, he was going to take it private at 420. He was. But now he's up there. Smoke drugs. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Smoke drugs every day. Was it, does that round out your? That's it, man. That's that's my prediction. Cool. Well, you you took, you took one of mine and and just to double down, I I do believe you're correct with the announcement of, uh, we very quickly said it was Choip, essentially. Uh-huh. They came out and they said that they're going to work on this thing together. A little bit of a Babylonian language about how this, how your connected home is going to work. So it's called connected home um, over internet protocol, which is the Choip bit. So I agree with you on that, um, which I can't wait because that's like the biggest, the biggest thing, right? And in that vein, not a prediction, but interesting in the news, uh, Sonos filed suit against Google. Did you guys see this? For stealing, right? For stealing. Yeah. Like, we own all of these patents around how connected speakers work over the internet, and there's no way you could have built your solution without stealing our IP. So, and did they hire a lot of Sonos people? Was it the same kind of like Uber Google deal? Yep. Yep. And then, well, no, the, uh, what do you, what do you mean? So, you know, that Google and, uh, Waymo and Uber had that big lawsuit because one of the guys from Google went to Waymo, one of the guys from Waymo went to Uber and took a lot of the technology. So was it employees or is it, they just use the tech? Okay. It's it's the tech. And what they're saying is when you look at their IP portfolio and you start to talk about interconnected speakers over internet, like they're the first, over Wi-Fi, they're the first movers. There's no way you could have done it without them. And the rumor is is that they're going to turn around and sue uh, Amazon next, but you, they can't afford to do both. And so the thought is is what they looked at because I mean Sonos. For those of you guys that don't know, so Sonos was pushing to have Google and Alexa um, having both wake words essentially active, so you could talk to either mm-hmm. system. Because to to the point earlier, solve some of the problems that we just talked about. Problems that Google's Google essentially is absolutely not the whole time. And so they probably looked at their user base and they said, nobody uses Google Home anyways. We'll just sue those guys first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like not, not, a, not a trend, oh, but no. um, interesting data point. Which uh, So I quickly came up with, a, with one to replace yours, um, which is the substantial demise of the cash wrap in 2020. Of the I, what? Cash wrap. Cash register. Uh, sorry, the um, ah. cash registers. I used to work in retail, so yep. I used lingo. Sorry about that. Cash wrap um, was also the name of my first hip-hop album. <laughs> <laughs> it sold three James, copies. You can find it James on MySpace. Lane. Straight out of Highland Park. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> how old streets. is James Lanyon? That's my favorite <laughs> track is uh, How Old is James Lanyon? Um, but the demise, the, the, the real demise of the cash wrap, I think it's been um, sort of hoarded a little bit by Amazon and things like that. But when you look at rising prices and minimum wage and... Um, facial recognition and, and all this stuff, I think you're going to see some big moves in 2020. Not the total eradication of it, but some major moves on it. And what do you mean? So I walk into a store and I'm not going to see a cash 
That's register. Right. I'm not yep. going to see employees or what? you'll see some employees and they'll yeah. help. They'll help steer you with questions and things okay. like that. Uh, where's this? Where's that? Um, how does this perform? How loud is this alarm clock? Whatever. But in terms of being able to walk out without having to interact, without having to wait for somebody to pull out your wallet and all that shit. I think, or sorry, stuff. <laughs> it's, it's Have a, you seen um, AFI? Uh, it's a company and they've got this nano store. I, I posted about it on LinkedIn last week. They are, um, they've created these, essentially it's an Amazon Go store in a box, okay. prefab. And I don't know what the cost of it is, but it's like 250 square feet. I think you can get it bigger. You literally, it's on a, it's in a container. Drop it anywhere. You just drop it wherever you want, and they've done gas stations, they've That's done awesome. retail stores, and so you just, it's, it's all kitted out, and you've got a personless, completely sensor-enabled store day one. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that and is. we could have done that. Yeah. So <laughs> what did we spend our time with last year? Like, so, well, well, I feel really regretful. Recording podcasts. A good, a good friend, <laughs> a good friend of mine's uh, brother uh, runs logistics for Maersk. So M A E R S. Oh, that's yeah. This is like in twenty small gig twenty eleven, and I was like, I have these ideas for like alternate uses of shipping containers. Just didn't do it. It's one of those damn things. Anyway, uh, onward to twenty twenty. Out of a store yeah. called the Container Store. Oh, <laughs> what's it sell? Containers of various sizes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we yeah, sell yeah. primarily to international um, shipping companies. Another trend uh, is that tech will go backwards, and I think that has to do with huh. um, privacy concerns. I think it's at an all time high, um, and I saw it manifest itself in CES. So um, one of the things that happened at CES. That I really liked was uh, it's called Netatamo, and it's essentially the the dumb smart home. So it's an, it's actually pronounced Netatmo. Netatmo because we talked to them, and it's NFC powered keys, right? So um, it's a uh, essentially a not a smart dumb smart solution. In that, it's a programmable key that is NFC, so near field communication device with. With the key is an NFC and the pad is an NFC reader. And essentially, you insert your key like you would any other key and it unlocks. So it doesn't record video, it doesn't stream video, it doesn't have audio. Um, but it's smart in that you can program it to be whatever you want it to be. You don't need to call a locksmith. One key can open all of your stuff, or you can have various keys to open things. I think it's pretty interesting given the recent ring hacks that we alluded to earlier. So you can share the key if you want to. Home ownership, yeah. fractional ownership. Yeah, yep. I can let you into my house for a week. After that, change the code, and then the key is rendered useless. That's pretty cool. That's pretty, pretty cool. cool. Yeah. <clears throat> when you look at privacy and five G, all the things that yeah. people are concerned about. I so you it think it's so cool tech story. goes backwards, meaning that the use of tech is simplified. Simple solutions again. Okay. Right. So Versus let, trying to do everything. You're less not, moving parts. Yep. Right. Just the things that have worked for a very long. So you look at NFC. I mean, that's like. That was used in the in rail cars forever ago, right? What is in mm -hmm. this car without having to open it? That's a very old technology yep. made brought brought uh, to modern day that I, I, I really liked it. So I think that's going to be a trend. Um, and then the other one, I'm excited for this one because I'm excited to see what you guys say. So the pendulum for experiences and behavior to, to continue towards the creator in a different generation that we don't understand, that will continue. And I saw it in Samsung. So Samsung took over CES and all these various ways and all this stuff. But what was really interesting is Samsung Cero. Have you guys seen this? Oh, yeah, the, the TV that flips. Yep. So everybody says it's a gimmick, but I'm, I'm 
brave on this one. So talk I, about I it. I think it's going to work. So Samsung Cero is a standalone television that with a push of a button on my app, I can essentially change it from landscape, which is how you're used to seeing your television, into portrait mode, which and is how you're used physically to seeing it. Physically like rotates. Physically rotates. flips the same way you would your phone, exactly except right. a huge 60-inch just... That's right. That's yeah. right. And so when I... Mechanically when I, rotates. Which, at, on its face, it's like, what are you doing? Yeah, right? dumbest thing I've seen. But when I think about <laughs> the majority of content that's created... The pendulum that goes towards creators and not platforms, right? You have, yes, you have the Steven Spielbergs that should be out there in the world doing their thing. But a lot of the content, especially when you get into second screen experiences, deserve a larger format. So I can see somebody coming home, logging into Instagram TV. I mean, they're investing heavily in this thing. Mm -hmm. You have the TikToks. I'm not saying I understand this. I'm just saying I understand that it, how it might be useful. And then you get into the integration of soundbars and the, the advancement of soundbars and things like that. I can actually see second screen experiences becoming the primary screen experiences in people's living rooms. So tell, Whoa, tell most of the people who don't understand what that means. So second screen experience is the majority of people, when you look at it and they're at their home and they're not watching something terribly engaging like Fleabag, they're That's just so kind of have TV so in the good. background. Mm -hmm. A lot of the time they have what's called a second screen. So it's either your tablet or your phone and you're doing some other task while you're consuming. That's called a second screen experience. And you think that flips? I do. So the phone becomes a primary screen. I think the TV in portrait mode becomes primary. Ah. Because what they're doing while something else is on is they're scrolling through Instagram, they're scrolling through TikTok. They have these things that are formatted and designed to be in portrait mode. And the TV is going to allow them to have a richer portrait mode experience. And I'm not saying that they're going to do so, it for hours yeah. on end. What you're trying to say is vertical TV. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Just for just so what I just did. My phone, my phone would be the remote control. Yep. And so I'm just using that to scroll up and down on a beautiful 65 inch. That's right. For things that are K. things that are created in format. You know who that favors? Vertical. Tall actors. Like tall actors have never <laughs> yeah. had a soapbox on which exactly. to stand upon. Giants. They're tall. Like Tom Cruise. Tom, yeah. exactly. Uh, yeah, the, the woman from uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah. But she would benefit greatly from a vertical television. Yes, and they would benefit greatly from the high and tight promise of 20 minutes. We're oh. sitting at 25 minutes. Oh. So the 20, 25 minutes. Gotta go. We go. Hey, coolest thing or are we, are we good? I think we're good, man. Okay. I mean, the, right, cool, man. the coolest thing is that we're actually in 2020. Isn't yes, that, that's the most we made right? it. You know what? You can't beat that, man. You can't. As growing up as the promises of 2020, yeah. we're finally here. Yeah. Cool. Well, we happy 2020 to everybody. Uh, for cocktails and questions, this is Austin. This is Brandon. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Adios.